We'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Looking to Jesus. My name is John Hines. I am the preacher for the Church of Christ in North Ridgeville, Ohio. My co-host is Daniel Sanders. Preacher for the Norwalk Church of Christ in Norwalk, Ohio. How are you doing today, Daniel? Oh, I'm doing all right. Enjoying the nice weather we have up here. Yep, it's pretty today. Yes. Uh, let's see, we are in the Sermon on the Mount, and last week we talked about fasting did anybody say anything to you about our about that episode? Was anyone like, you guys are really talking about fasting the way you look? No. Hmm. Never got a comment on it. No. I see. We must be doing pretty well with our fasting then. Look at that for all of our... <laughs> 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 all right. So this week we are... Now we're talking about money. So we are in Matthew chapter 6. And well, I guess we'll just start by reading the first few verses. This is Matthew 6 verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I probably shared this story before. Um, someone was asking about basically why we have a weekly collection, and it was someone at a, they were not remotely religious, but they were like, why does, they, they said, well, why does the Lord care about my money? And I said, he actually cares about your heart. And it just so happens, according to this passage, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be too. Um, but a lot of folks, uh, I don't <laughs> Daniel, maybe you've given the same advice. You know, you can preach about a lot of stuff, but when you start, you know, stepping on people's toes and when you start talking about their pocketbook, they get mad. I don't know if you've run into that where you're like, Oh, he's preaching about money. That means he's guilting us into giving more. Yeah. I, I, I've dealt with it before where uh, you know, some people may think that we are in the process of trying to, to get a raise or something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, preacher talks about finances, talks about these things. Never works, by the way. It, 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 it never works. <laughs> uh, I, all it does is just seem to, it's more of an irritant. Uh, when, when sometimes when people, when you want to talk about it, going into too much detail, uh, but I mean, it's something that, something that we do discuss in all different aspects of everything with our service to God. Yeah. It's like the Lord said a good bit about money. Yeah. And really what we're talking about is worldliness. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. And I mean, it's just another, it is another facet of worldliness. Right. And it's like the Lord talked about it a good bit, and there's a reason the Lord talked about it a good about it a good bit. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, you see it here, you see it elsewhere. When Paul's writing to to the various preachers, for example, we're going to be looking in Timothy a good bit because Timothy's got a good bit to say about money. Yeah. Um, so, what points do you want to to make from this Matthew passage? Well, I mean, you know, you just you in general, you look at Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen. You, know, you talk about the physical treasures. You talk about how, you know, things that can be taken, things that can be, uh, theft happens. Uh, they are, 
things that can be destroyed. You know, yeah. it's it goes against the whole cliche. You know, for instance, diamonds last forever. They don't. They eventually will decay or uh, corrode with different things. Uh, things will be destroyed. These are these are just temporary things. Do they offer satisfaction? Uh, you can be satisfied to a certain extent. But it's only for a short period of time. When you look at the earthly side of things, the worldly side of things, they might be able to satisfy what we want in this life for a little bit. But then sometimes it can be greed or whatever. Maybe yeah. it takes over. It seems like there's a proverb about those who those who love riches will not be satisfied with riches. Yeah, because they're always going to want more. Right. You know the greedy, the greedy are not content. Yeah. With money, they they always want more. So. And yeah, to your point about they are they are fleeting. I was I was actually my oh my son was uh, they were talking about he's going to school for accounting, and he was talking about they have to keep different inventories of you know of like produced goods and raw materials and things like that. And we were just talking about the state of taxes and talking about how taxes worked and how you have a company that makes something. They have to pay taxes on raw materials. Then they have to pay taxes, income taxes, when they sell it or capital gains or whatever it's called. The consumer has to pay taxes when they buy it. And then if the consumer sells it, and it's just the government keeps taking it, taking it, taking it. It's like it gets taxed every step of the way. Yeah. And I mean, I understand the passages and speaking about that. I what I'm my point is there are different ways that riches are fleeting. It can be it can be stolen here as he talks about, right? Mm-hmm. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where neither moth <coughs> nor rust destroys. Um, and I, I think that, of course, the obvious point is, you know, you lay up treasures for yourself and it's like, it just sits there. Yeah. And especially back in, in that day when it just decays. I, I actually, I knew someone who had come through the Great Depression and they were a money barrier. They would bury money in okay. the yard. And they came out to dig it up, and it had rotted. And it's like, congratulations. <laughs> you, you know, they were trying to hold on to it so much. Yeah. And it's to like, not allow it to be, you know, with, with everything happening, with banks being defaulting yeah. and everything, trying to keep yeah. keep holding for that rainy day, and then the rainy day kind of... yeah. Yeah, and I mean, back in that day, when you had coins and you had corrosion, and it would just it would just corrode, you know, this picture of moths coming in, yeah, you know, and just destroy it. And and the whole picture is it fades, especially at Judgment Day. <laughs> You're not taking it with you. No, I mean, it's, no, it goes it's against you know happen. what what people think. You know, oh, you can bury your bury your treasures some people thought you could take treasures in the afterlife i know like yeah. pharaohs and different individuals i can remember i remember uh, a story a gentleman dies and he was had i forget how much money he had had a lot of money but wasn't giving it to any of the family as an inheritance he said i want to be buried with my money and uh you know so the the end of it was well the the family said they were going to grant his wish and it said and they put a check in there endorsed check with his name on yeah. it and everything and put it in there there he buried his money yeah with him yeah that sort of thing but and i mean it's it's just silliness and it and is the lord's overall point is 
Set, setting our minds on heavenly things. Exactly. Is the overall point. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, um, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And, and I mean, the whole point of the whole point of investing is thinking about your future. Right. And I don't think the, for one thing, is the Lord saying it's wrong to have, it's wrong to think about retirement? No, I don't think so. Um, Old Testament passage comes to mind that, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Um, I believe that's in Proverbs, either Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. So it's it's not wrong to to think about your future. At, at some point, you know, both of us were middle aged. At some point, we're going to be old. Yeah. And well, yeah, the par- yeah the parable I was looking up real quick. The parable of the foolish farmer or the rich fool. Yeah. In Luke chapter 12, yeah. he was building up himself for an inheritance. He was not being condemned for working on that, working on being able to have those things to retire from. What the issue was, was that when he built those barns and did all these different things, he forgot about his soul. Right. He forgot about being obedient to God. Right. You can build up your riches. You can work towards that inheritance. You can work and be able to provide those different things. But... You also, there's a balance of being able to continue to remember keeping God in the picture of it all. And that's where the the Luke account in Luke 12 starts talking about these things and then goes on talking about what we're going to talk about here in just a little bit about the anxious or the anxiety of everything yeah. uh, going on from there. Yeah. Let, let's look at the next, the next portion. The lamp of your body, this is Matthew 6 again, the lamp of your body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Paul tells Timothy, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it's like, what do you set your mind on? Yeah. What is your heart set upon? If it's just running the rat race of life and keeping up with the Joneses and, and you know, not, not too many people, I shouldn't say that, you know, later on in, in the passage, you just alluded to the, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Yeah. In, in this country, it's, you, you could easily replace that with houses and cars and vacations. And it's just... Don't worry about those things. <laughs> and right. it's what do you set your mind on? Right. Life is not all of, our lives should not be all about those things. Yeah. It should not be about, you know, worrying about tomorrow and where is tomorrow's meal. You know, one of the lessons of the manna in the Old Testament, they have to go out day by day. And it starts, the manna comes, and the Lord gives the commands, and Moses has to get on them. Because it was, you go out, you get your daily allotment, and you have to eat it. Yeah. He says, don't save it. <laughs> don't save it. You have to consume the whole thing. And then you go out the next day, and it, it happens again. Except for the Sabbath, when you go out and you get two days allotment. Yeah. And they disobey in different ways. For one thing, they tried going out on the Sabbath which showed probably greediness, but also there were those who kept some from the previous day throughout the week and they would put it in a container and it, it rotted and it grew worms. It says, yeah. And, and the Lord is trying to teach them, be faithful, be faithful. Each day has enough worries of its, of its own and it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. I'll take care of you tomorrow. Have faith in me today. 
And that's the lesson he's trying to teach them. And here in Matthew, as it talks about the lamp of the body, it's like, what do you set your mind on? What? And that's the picture. If your eye is evil, everything's going to be evil. And it's like, what do you desire? Yeah. Where do you lay up treasure? What What are you What are you interested in? It's not. It is not inherently sinful to be rich. What's the passage? And oh, it's in Timothy again, right? Let those who are rich be rich in good works. Yeah, it's First uh, Timothy six. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Daniel was mocking me earlier because I'm a. Uh, well, I was using First Timothy six. Yeah, it's somewhere over there. Let's see, First Timothy, First Timothy six verse seventeen. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Yeah, no, that's it's a little bit earlier than <clears throat> I'm doing it again, aren't I? Yeah. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Verse eighteen. It's not wrong to be rich. It's no. not inherently wrong. Now, we will say concerning the rich young ruler, uh, when, <laughs> when, sorry, when the rich young ruler departs and he's sorrowful for he has great <coughs> possessions, and Jesus says, it's hard for rich to enter heaven. Yeah. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. It's like you better turn to the Lord and you better set your mind on heavenly things and not on earthly things. And that was the rich young ruler's problem. Absolutely was. It was, he was, you know, told, you know, keep the, keep the law. I kept those things. Yeah. I did all those things for my youth. I By the way, I have my doubts about that, but anyway. <laughs> well, Jesus, Jesus took it for what it was. Well, I know. The Lord said one thing you lack. Yeah. And I just feel like that one thing he lacked was kind of foundational to a whole lot of other problems. <laughs> yeah. It told him, you know, you're, hey, kept all these things. All right. Give it all. Give, give your riches up and. Yeah. There it so was what you have. Give it to the poor and come follow me. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't the fact that it was just the the possessions. It was come follow me. You know, there, yeah. there's a there's a balance of everything, and that's where Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter into heaven. It's like the the camel trying to go through the eye of the needle. Uh, it right. just was a near uh, a, a near impossible task with everything. You, you know that passage. Where is that Matthew? Matthew nineteen. Say? Matthew nineteen. Yeah. You look at that passage, and Jesus says what he says. Um, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. That's when the disciples say, who can be saved? And Jesus says, with men this is impossible. Peter says, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And I, I like to make the point, one of the things that Peter, because Peter had left, according to Peter, he had left all. But the ultimate test is going to be leaving yourself. Yeah. It's going to be denying yourself. And and that's the ultimate test. As much as we could talk about riches, again, the Lord's interested in your heart. It's You, you have to get to the, the heart issue. You have to get to the lamp of the body. Yeah. And, okay, what are you setting your mind on? And are you denying your denying yourself? The next portion in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. He'll hate the one, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Why is that? <laughs> well, you think about you know, loyalty, respect, love, 
service. I mean, there there will be a there'll be a preference over one or the other. There'll be a, a little bit of personal favoritism over one over the other. And you can't be equal. Uh, it's impossible to be equal to one because, you know, one may say, go dig this hole. The other may say, go dig that hole sort of thing. And you can't go be able to please both of them at the same time. You know, don't go over here on this side or don't go over here. Uh, my appreciation, my love for someone, I will, you know, if someone, if two, if two masters ask me to do the, do something, I'm going to follow one of them over the other. So why is it? More practically, you can't love God and mammon. You can't love God and money. Why? I mean, it seems like you, it's like I, I can love, I love both my children. Yeah. You, you know, it's, I don't have to compartmentalize my love. I love both children. Why can I not love God and money? How would you, how would you answer that? If, if you love money, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I wonder if it's it does, doesn't come down to that. Because like you said, one's telling you to do one thing, one's telling you to do the other. Yeah. And they're not the same thing. Well, I think First John 2, 15, 16 starts answering some of those questions about the, the love of the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the yeah. pride of life. Those are not of God. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things with money that we can be able to, put our value in we start putting our value our trust in those things over god i think there's where some of the you know where the line gets drawn with some of those things uh let's go back to my friend who said why does the lord care about money um and it's like the rich young ruler he's he's willing to do a whole lot yeah but what is he not willing to do give up the riches he's not willing to give up the riches and it's like well then do you really love the lord yeah like, no, you love money more, and in actuality, you just love money. You don't love the Lord. If you love if you love the Lord, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, if you don't keep his commandments, what's that say? You don't love him. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about, you know, love. What other words did you use? Trust. Loyalty. Loyalty. Respect. Service. I mean, if you love... If you love money, for example, the Good Samaritan, he's, you know, he, there the man is, naked, left for dead. It's going to cost that guy, it's going to cost the Samaritan to try to help him, right? Service costs money. Someone says, hey, can you give me a ride somewhere? It's probably going to cost you money. Yeah. It's going to cost you time at least, but it's going to cost you money. Someone says... I need help with this. It's going to cost money. Um, service often costs money. But if you love money, so if you love money, what are you not going to do? You're not going to serve. Yeah. You're going to hoard. Right? Right. And that's, oh, there, what is it? Isn't it Solomon who says there is a great, oh, let me look it up, Daniel. Let me pull up. Okay. You know the verse I'm talking about? Riches kept to the to the hurt of their... Oh. Can you tell my brain's not working too well today? Ecclesiastes 5.13. There is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owner to his hurt. And that's the thing. If you're... 
if you love money, you're not going to use it. Yeah. You're going to hoard it. Yeah. At least that's one facet of it. it or you're, you're going to you're going to use it for your own pleasures. Yeah. Well, if you want to be, uh, you know, the friend of money and friend of God, there's going to be, you know, that that enmity of everything. If we're right, if right. we're if we're neglecting God over the fact of our money, you know, right. James four says, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I'm just using I'm using part of it because it talked about sin, talked about adulteress and adulteresses, and it talks about sin. But again, you get down to the. Uh, the, the 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 main point is if we're wanting to have our friendship our loyalty our trust our love our respect our, towards this one we're going to neglect the other and that just doesn't that just doesn't gel that just does not flow with what god wants from us and uh, you know that's why he kept on warning that we can't serve two masters that we cannot uh, be able to do this because there's going to be a there's going to be a form of evil a form of of hatred or, you know, rejection towards one or the other. And when it comes to God, he wants us, he's jealous. He wants us to serve him. He wants us to seek him first, which gets us into, you know, this next part of Matthew chapter six about seeking first God's kingdom. He wants us to put him first. And before we get there, you know, you mentioned that verse in James. James has a good bit to say about money. I mean, James chapter one, it talks about the poor man and the rich man in his right as the rich the rich man fades james chapter is at the tail end of one into chapter two being partial you give honor to the or you give honor to the rich man the poor man you say sit here at my footstool yeah so because of a love of money you're being partial with brethren uh james two faith and works if someone comes and says i need help and you say depart in peace and be warmed Oh, so you're not willing to serve. Then you get into, what is it, chapter 4, and it's where do wars and fights come from among you? You lust and you covet. It's like they had some serious issues. I think later on in that same chapter when it talks about they were withholding wages and, and things along those lines, and it's like that was not good. It's like, why would you withhold someone's wages? Why would you be partial with the brethren? Chapter 5 is where it talks about that. Why are you lusting and coveting? They all think that they can serve God and serve mammon. Yeah. That's what they thought. And James is like, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. (laughs) It's like, those who have, those who have, they better wise up and, and use their riches as God wants them to. Um, okay, so now into Matthew, the tale into Matthew 6. Uh, you want to read it or you want me sure, to Sure, I'll read it. Go. It says here, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I just think that that goes along with all of this. You know, why does a person lay up treasures for themselves? Because they're thinking about, they're worrying about tomorrow. Yeah. Again, it's it's not wrong to pass along an inheritance to to family members and, and thinking about things along those lines. But, you know, he mentioned Solomon. And I mean, there Solomon is, and it's like, whatever his heart desired, that's what he went after. I think Solomon is like the ultimate example of... Yes, I know he was wise, but he's given he's given so much so many riches. And when he writes about in Ecclesiastes and the whole vanity of vanities, he's like he he's testing everything. Yeah. It's like does this make someone happy? Does this make someone happy? Does this make you know, is this valuable? Is this worthy? Is this lasting? And Solomon's the test subject and it shows us carnality doesn't work. Worldliness does not work. Yeah. Riches do not work like that. You cannot you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot do it. And it's, you know, you worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Uh the flowers don't. <laughs> the lilies, you know, you know the point of why do you worry about the clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. But Solomon was not arrayed like the lilies. And the things God can do, do you think some of it comes down to like trusting in our own works? Yes. I, and I want to go back to looking at the birds real quick. There okay. Verse 26, because it says, look at the birds there. God provides a different food right. for the birds. But what do the birds got to do? In order for the birds to be able to have the food to be able, that God has provided, they got to go and do their part. Well, they don't sow or reap. Namely, yeah, they're not farmers, but they go gather. Right, but they have to. They still have to go gather it. They still have to go gather it into the barns, and you know, there's that question so of neither they they don't gather it into the barns. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Right, just saying. Okay, they don't have barns. Birds don't have barns. They gather the seed. They eat the seed still. The point is, they eat the seed. They go. They, that God, God <laughs> yes. takes care of them and feeds them. That's yeah. the point. They go and they they go and get the food right. that's been provided for them. Right. You're yeah. Throwing, you throw me off with it. Oh, I'm sorry. But you're saying that they gathered into barns. I'm sorry if I said barns. they gathered into barns. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But the but the the point is is that they go. Yeah. And they go get their food. And God takes care of them. I, yeah. I think that's the the. It's not like birds. Birds are not like the foolish farmer. You know, the foolish right. farmer who's like, I have many goods laid up for many years. I will take my ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Birds don't take their ease, eat, drink, and be merry. It's like, no, they, they go out, they eat what they need for the day. They gather a few twigs to make a nest, and the Lord takes care of them. Yeah. That, and, and the Lord's point is, you're of a whole lot more value than a bird. Yeah. It's like, don't you think the Lord is going to take care of you? Now... How the Lord does that, that's another issue. That's another question. Namely, good grief, we could start talking about a lot of... Oh, we could start talking about a lot of stuff from that. Um, namely, the Lord expects us to work. Yes. 
And that's right. That's, that's, that's part of it is that there's expectations for us to, to work, to do our part. And that's where some of this, this comes into play. You know, we're not supposed to be giving that time. Yes. Are we, do we need to eat? Do we need to drink? Do we need different things for the physical body to survive? Yes. Yes, we do. Do we need to take care of those things? Yes, we do. But we need to remember where the blessings come from. Yeah. Where, who has provided those things? Because we think it's just based upon our own doing. God has provided us with not only the food to be able to, to, to have for our family, for our own bodies, but also the abilities that we have to be able to go and get that food, to labor for those things. But he wants us to also uh, continue to remember him by seeking and doing his will. We have responsibility of what we value first, what we, what our concern, what our main focus is. And then we can be able to, okay, God should be, God should be sought out first. These other things will kind of fall into place with everything. Do, do you think, you know, like there's two opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Your heavenly father knows you need these things. Seek the kingdom. And, and that involves different things, by the way. He's like, don't worry about these things. But then there's another end of the spectrum where someone, and this is, I think Paul ran into this in Thessalonica, that it was an issue because in Thessalonians, and he mentions it in First and Second Thessalonians, there were those who were not working at all. Yeah. There and were the busy says, bodies or yeah. idle, idle talkers. And- yeah, yeah. He says, this is chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11, that they needed to aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind their own business, and to work with their own hands as they were commanded, that they may walk properly towards those who are outside, and that they would lack nothing. It's like this is how the Lord sees to our needs. We we need to work. Yeah. And it doesn't change the fact that it still comes from God's hand. The work that we have comes from God's hand. And the Lord expects us you know, in the manna, in the Old Testament, the manna came down. The manna was just there. What did they have to do? Go out and, go and pick get it. it up. Yeah. It's like, go out and share as well. They distributed as anyone had need. There were those who gathered more. There were those who gathered less. And I think in that, we there's lessons to be learned as well. Um, but what are we What are we seeking? What What are we setting our mind on? And what are we... What are we investing ourselves in? Because all some people do is they just they just worry about earthly retirement. Yeah. You know, it's like, why do you have a 401k? Why do you have a pension? Well, because when I'm 65, 67, whatever age it is. <laughs> and it's it be 70. <laughs> yeah. 70, whatever it is anymore. And you're just planning for your old age. Yeah. And the Lord's saying, why don't you try planning for eternity? And that may include as you plan for eternity, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a burden on others, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to work with our hands so that to take care of our needs and to share with others. Um, but think about the future beyond this earth and don't. So, so that whole idea of, of riches and putting riches in, in what true riches are because earthly riches, they're pretty fleeting. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to the, the foolish farmer, the rich fool there in Luke 12, 
So is he who the, the conclusion of it is so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward right. God. Right. You know, there's there's where we see there's where we see the the lesson learned from all of this uh, of not considering our soul, not thinking about being rich towards God who has provided and blessed us with the different things. Uh, when we want to think it's all about us and we, you know, kind of goes, it, it does kind of tie in with what we've looked at in the, here in Matthew chapter six, where, uh, you know, you talk about the charitable deeds, you talk about the, uh, the fasting, uh, we talk about the prayers and everything, how it's all about me, right. you know, the, the focus is on me. And really when you look at the, the last part of this from verse, uh, 19 all the way down to verse 34, Matthew, Jesus is continuing that thought of get away from looking at you. It's not about you. It's about yeah. what God has done. It's about what God has blessed us with. And we need to be rich towards God in all of this. And I think there is, there is a commonality with what is going on here in Matthew chapter six of not trying to puff ourselves up, not trying to promote ourselves over God. And remember that it is God who is, who is the centerpiece of it all. Yeah, that that's a good point, that that recurring theme, you know, we talked about it with charity, with fasting, and with prayer, mm-hmm. and there's a private nature of it. Yeah. And, and like I said, a lot of, it's very tempting to treat our money very privately. Yeah. And it's like, no, you need to put the focus where it needs to be. And whether we're talking about charity or fasting or prayer or money, the focus is on the Lord and serving others. Yeah. That's, that's where it should be. So that's that's a good point. You, you know, I was my brain's starting to work now that the episode's coming to an end. <laughs> takes takes a while to prime prime the pump, so to speak. Um, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. You know, I mentioned the manna. I always like to make the point that in the wilderness, after they came out of out of Egypt, and you can tell from the different passages, for example, the manna, what they ate. First uh, Corinthians ten talks about they drank from that rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Yeah, what they drank. It also mentions their clothing didn't wear out. At one point, I'd have to hunt for the passage, but the Lord, it looks like miraculously kept their clothing from wearing out in forty years. It's like, yeah, you're wandering around in the wilderness for forty years in a desert, things like that. Your clothing's going to wear out. Theirs didn't. Yeah, and that they did not have to worry. And yet, what do they do? <laughs> It's like, oh, we're hungry. Where are we going to get food? Oh, they they got to the point where they actually loathed the manna, and they were tempting Christ. First Corinthians chapter ten. They were they were despising how they were led. Frankly, through Moses, they were doing all they were doing all sorts of stuff. Rather than being content with the Lord's care. They were all baptized. This is First Corinthians ten. They were all baptized into Moses. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink. Most of them, God was not well pleased. Deuteronomy twenty nine five is your verse that you're looking for. Okay, where it talks about their clothing, their clothing and their sandals. Yeah. Okay. Deuteronomy twenty nine five. Yeah. They didn't have to worry about what they ate, what they drank, and what they wore. And yet, what do they do? They worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> they worried about it, and it's like God took care of them. And yet they they did not learn godliness with contentment is yeah. great gain. And that's the true prosperity. You know, 
great gain. That is prosperity. Well, what what is great gain? You know, which one? Who is more prosperous? A rich man who's not satisfied with riches, or a content man who's content whether he's abased or he abounds? Who has the true prosperity? It's like it's the content person. Yeah, it's godliness with contentment is great gain. Not just content, but godliness as well. Right. And not just godliness, but contentment. You have to have both things. Um, what else did you have on, on your list? Any other points from this passage? No. That you wanted to make? No. Yeah, it's just... I um, think it's just a very common thing of, you know, you can you can apply First Timothy 6, uh, 6, 6 through 10, or 6 through 12, really. Uh, with a lot of the the contentment of everything, being right. satisfied with what we've been blessed with, uh, not to be greedy, uh, but practicing contentment with everything is is key and critical in being able to uh, put proper value on things, uh, not the, not having the need for more, but what God has blessed us with in this life, we can be happy with. Yeah, uh, it's just something. I mean, can we go and be able to to earn? to earn more we we can't we can't i'm not trying to say that you just have to be in the complete poor house with everything but we need to have a reality of make sure that it's not clouding our judgment in seeking and serving god and putting him properly first and i think if we are if we're seeking the kingdom and we're seeking to do god's will for example joseph joseph is sold to potiphar and he pretty quickly rises in potiphar's house yeah to the point where he was trustworthy over everything basically absolutely he comes to the dungeon then same deal he prospered and he's trusted with everything pharaoh's house pharaoh he's second in charge it gets to that point where he's second in charge and i think you see that throughout scripture that if we are if we're working hard like scripture tells us to again it's a part of seeking the kingdom you know bond servants work whatever we whatever we do do it heartily as unto the lord not with eye service but sincerely right and there's a lot of laziness in the world <laughs> there's a lot of lazy people <clears throat> christians are not supposed to be lazy yeah and so if we go and we get a job somewhere and we work hard and we're trustworthy and we're honest you know and we're all those good things that frankly employers are looking for lo and behold we might get a promotion and it's like that's good that's good. That's a blessing. Now, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. going to do with it? You, you know, I was I was looking back through the Sermon on the Mount and just trying to look at it through the lens of of riches and, and money and things like that. And believers are salt in the light, talking about having an effect. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we can have an effect. We should have an effect with with our money. Yeah. Um. Other passages. You know, loving your enemies, going the second mile. It says if someone sues you, you know, and even loving our enemies, doing good for them. That may cost us. Charity, Matthew chapter 6, do your charitable deeds. It's like we're talking about the same thing. And and I liked your point about, I liked all your points. I always like all your points, Dan. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Even when I have to correct it. But, (laughs) you, you know, the point about. We're still talking about somewhat privacy. And because a lot of people they hold their pocketbook pretty close. Yeah. And it's and they try to compartmentalize. 
And it's you can say a lot of stuff, but don't start talking about my pocketbook. It's like, nope, the Lord's going to talk about it. And he does talk about it. And, and talk about it in a way of, you know, it's not a matter of someone else trying to be involved with it because that's that busy body. We, yeah, need, yeah. we need to focus on our own stuff. It, this is between you and God, yeah. not me and another fellow man. Another another person needs to be careful about st- overstepping and getting right. involved uh, with. He, he simply says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Yeah. He's speaking about the individual. He, want, he wants what is best for us. Yeah. Like seek the kingdom. The Lord, he says, the Lord knows you need these things. Right. The Lord knows you need fed. The Lord knows you need drink. The Lord knows you need clothes. You know, again, in that in the, that same Timothy passages with with food and clothing, we shall be content. Yes. In that that same verse. So that's everything I have. Yep. You good? I'm good. All right. Appreciate you, Daniel. Appreciate everything always. Yep. Appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Uh, hope this study's been beneficial for you. Feel free to leave comments anywhere you want to or anything you'd like for us to study in the future, and we would be glad to glad to try to address that. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week for another episode of Looking to Jesus. Thank you. Looking to Jesus.